another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Uh, we had an amazing time. If you if you haven't uh, no, we had an awesome weekend last weekend at uh, summer retreat, and it's just been amazing. And I've uh, we always say it, but I'm just thankful that God doesn't isolate Himself to certain locations and then not go from there. But I just thank God that He's going to build upon it. And the year that we're declaring overcome, and um, it's pretty cool. This week we found out uh, that not that we're having a baby because that's um, obvious, um, but we found out the gender of the baby. And, um, and we did a bit of a post, a bit of a poll on uh, Instagram there to see what the, uh, the, the polls were like. And the, they were definitely tendering towards what I was believing we were going to have, a little girl. I uh, just thought another little princess would be awesome. But uh, God is not into me having another little girl. Not this, not this time around anyway. Hey. <laughs> um, so we are having another little boy, which is absolutely awesome. And... Um, It's very cool, very exciting, and we're just, we're thrilled, we're thrilled. And uh, it's funny because we said, so what's the gender? She goes, what? You didn't see? And uh, which just tells me, it's all man, it's all man. So um, more than confident. Hey, um, it is pretty cool today to be taking the opportunity just to bring some focus around what really is the foundation, and not just the foundation of what was, but really is the forefront of our Christian faith, is that we have a God who's so loved that gave his son Jesus. King Jesus who pursued us, who came after you and I, and maybe this is an unfamiliar environment for you, maybe being in church is a new experience, I just want to encourage you to be yourself, and you don't have to try and be something you're not, you don't have to try and pretend you know more than you know, just come with an open heart and just allow God to be what only He can be to you, and just touch your heart like He touched all of our hearts, you know, you might look around and go, oh, these guys have got it all sorted, I want to tell you that uh, we have not got it all sorted, but we've got a God who's met us where we were and just leads us day by day forward. And so I just want to encourage you to be yourself and just to enjoy what I believe God wants to do in this moment. And I think He just wants to bring us back to that place of just being in wonder. My prayer has really been this whole week is, that, God, I pray for the seasoned Christian who's known the story and lived it and, 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 and probably like attached it to their life for so long. God, God that you would peel it back. Peel back the familiarity, peel back that reality, oh, I already know this story. Take it back to like it's that fresh moment again. Take it back to that place where it's just raw, (laughs) you know, like just, I don't know if a scab's the right terminology, but just let's just pick it back and go back to that place where it's fresh for us. And and I wanted this morning to just uh, take a few moments, not a long time, but a few moments to, to talk about a story in 2 Samuel 9 about Mephibosheth. An amazing story, an amazing account where King David comes after Mephibosheth. He comes after this crippled man. This crippled man was actually someone who was in the heritage of King Saul. He was in the lineage of King Saul. He was Jonathan's son. But what happened is that earlier on in Samuel 4, 2 Samuel 4, we find out that they as a family were fleeing because they were being overtaken and the nurse or the maid that carried um, Mephibosheth as a young boy, as they fleed, he fell and at that point his feet were made lame and he was left lame his whole life. So he goes from this fully able child to now someone who was a deformity, who has the inability to work and to do what every other guy and man of his time was doing, but here he is still in that line. And now David's taken the throne, and we all know King David is the man, right? You can say it. He's the man, right? He's, he's amazing. He slays giants. He, he trusts God. He's just unbelievable. Armour. <laughs> Who needs armour? You know, like, he's just the man. 
Now here he is in 2 Samuel 9, and he's seeking out to say, who else is there that is worthy, that is someone who is deserving, there is someone who needs for me to protect, to provide, and to look after. And that's where I want to pick the story up. And I just want to tie our lives into this scenario, this situation. And I just want us to be reminded about how awesome King Jesus is. Father, I pray that you'd help me, God, just to communicate your word. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we're not here trying to perform. I thank you, Lord, from the first note, it was never about getting through a service. But Lord, we're here to lift your name up. We're here to honour you. We're here to do life with one another. We thank you for the person sitting next to us, whether we know them or not. We just pray your blessing upon them. We pray you'd open up our hearts to what you have to say this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said. So we come at verse 6, and it says, When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, who was King Saul, obviously, came to David because David had sought him out. He bowed down and paid him honour. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he goes, Your servant. Mephibosheth replied, he says, do not be afraid. David asked him, for I will surely show kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan, and I will restore to you the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. That's a pretty amazing opportunity (laughs) because not everybody got invited to the table. You didn't just waltz into the king's house and be all like, sup, Dave, how you going? I'll have a seat, you know, like that's kind of like cut your head off kind of deal, like, and they would do that. Uh, this is an amazing opportunity where the king is welcoming him in. It's, it's incredible. But Mephibosheth says this, he bows down and he said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Isn't it amazing how that one person can look at us and see something, but when we look at ourselves, we see something completely different. When one person looks at us, they see the inheritance we're entitled to. But when we look at ourselves, we can see ourselves as worthless, as nothingless, having nothing to offer and just people that are inflicted with pain, inflicted with areas that we've got no use at all. He says, what are you going to do with a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, his servant. And he said, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring him the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth's grandson of your master, so and Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Then King Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever the Lord has commanded. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. (laughs) Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah. And all of the members of Zeba's household were servants to Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, man, I don't know why they couldn't make his name just like smaller. Like, <laughs> Pause and re-enter. Uh, Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table, and, but he was crippled in both feet. I love this story because it shows a gracious king <laughs> who doesn't just wait for somebody to come up and say, hey, aren't I entitled to this? <laughs> Hang on, I, I, isn't my life worth more than what I'm living right now? I'm stuck in, in Lodabar, a place which is known, the name means barrenness. I'm stuck in a place of barrenness. Shouldn't I get the opportunity? Hang on, I'm so, Mephibosheth isn't seeking out his entitlement. He's living there, but then there's a gracious king that actually seeks him out. I don't know about you, but that kind of reminds me of the King Jesus who seeks me out. <laughs> I didn't go, hey, hang on, aren't I worthy? 
Aren't I deserving? Shouldn't I have more in life? No, I didn't have those thoughts. I was probably a lot like Mephibosheth when I was like, hang on, I got nothing. I got nothing to offer. I can't work the land. I can't provide you with anything. Yet King Jesus comes to me and he says, come on, there's an inheritance that you are owed. There is something that you are worthy of it. And it's not to what you can do for me or what you've already done. It's to who you are. You are my grandson. You are in the line I give to you. See, Mephibosheth, if he was here, he wouldn't be walking around like I am. He would be obviously having to sit so that he wouldn't have his weight on his feet. But he would sit in this place and he would witness what's going on. And I just wonder if there's people in this room that you and I would look at ourselves and go, man, what's King Jesus got to do with me? What would he want of this life? What would he want of this person who's got brokenness? What would he want of this person who's just full of self-doubt? What would he want of this person who cannot offer anything? What would he want of this person when put next to somebody else falls in comparison? What would he want of this person who's been forgotten and been abandoned? What would you want of this? Come on, yet we have a king who came after us. (laughs) Come on, yet we have a saviour who came after us. He didn't stand up there and say, come to me. No, no, he came after us. We find King David coming after Mephibosheth. He's saying, tell me there's somebody else. He finds of him and he goes after him. Come on, I want you to be reminded this morning, you've got a God who so loved you that He sent His Son to come after you. Come on, you may see yourself as lame and broken. You may see yourself as displaced and have nothing to offer. I'm telling you, God doesn't see you like that. God doesn't come after you and say, well, well, that's worthless. You've got nothing to offer. No, no. He says, hang on, no, no. You're, you're part of the family. Whether you know it or not, you're entitled to more. And this is what I love about King David. King David hears his complaint of, am I not a dead dog? What does David do in this moment? Does he go, hang on a minute? No, no, what he does in Mephibosheth's insufficiencies is he starts declaring his inheritance. I love that. (laughs) That in our insufficiencies and we bring them to God, I can't, I'm not, I'm this, I'm that. God doesn't then start consoling us in that. No, he just starts to tell us who we are. He starts to tell others who we are. He starts to point out who you really are. He starts saying, hey, um, Zeba, This is the king's grandson. He's worthy of the entire kingdom which was entrusted to Saul. Put him at the table. He's one of the family. No, no, I'm a dead dog. No, 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 you're one of the family. Get that old thought out of your head because the enemy's come to rob, steal and destroy. But I've come that you may have life. You've got to understand who you are. You've got to understand who you are. Now let's turn our attention to the table. The table, the king's table would have been magnificent. Could you imagine the palace? Could you imagine what would have taken place? The servants and the people that would have cooked the food. Could you imagine how much food? I mean, I don't know if you've eaten at an Italian's house, but there's food galore. But we are talking more, more than the Italian banquet. We're talking exuberant amounts of food, a large table for the whole family. You can imagine the, the velvet cloth going down to the, 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 the table floor. We can imagine just the extravagance of what's happening here. You can imagine the bell gets rung as the dinner's prepared and, and then all of a sudden, in comes running the family. They all run in and they sit at the table and they start to just eat and eat and laugh and enjoy the moment. They, everybody knows that everybody at the table belongs. Everybody at the knows that everybody else at the table is one of the family. Everyone at the table knows that, hey, they've got the king's favour. They've got the king's hand upon their life. So here they are. They're all at the table. You can imagine, Mr. Shepherd. He's over there watching and he, and he can imagine it. But then all of a sudden he says, no, no, you'll eat at my table. What's cool is he says it three to four times. 
He says, he says it three times, but then he kind of alludes to it the fourth time. But the cool thing about three and four in biblical times is three is the number of sovereignty. See, the thing is, is that our connection to God's family is not by our, but it's through His sovereignty on your life. It's through His sovereign hand that sees you, not the way you see you, but sees you how only He can see you. And He does a sovereign move of God in your life. You can say, but I've squandered everything. I don't belong in church. Man, this place would fall. The roof would fall on me. I'm telling you now, you've got a sovereign God that sees you as a son or a daughter, regardless of what you've done. I love it what Brent and said, come on, you can't make him love you more. You can't make him love you less. You belong at the table. And so the sovereignty of God invites us to the table. Now we've got to think about this. Now the situation changes. No longer is he outside knowing about the wonder of the table and the banquet. Now he's invited to the table. He's invited to the table. And see, now his feet weren't here, but yet he was invited to the table. He didn't say, now go and get everything sorted and then you can come and dine with us. He just says, come as you are. That's what I love about the message of grace. It's not like, hey, go and sort it out and then you'll be welcome in this church. Go, now you'll feel part of the family. No, no, no. Come as you are. You're, you're loved by God. You're... So if maybe that just means, maybe for some of us, like Mephibosheth, we've got to drag ourselves because of our iniquities, because of our inabilities. I'm telling you, that doesn't disqualify you. You're still allowed at the table. And maybe it's harder for you to get past mindsets and struggles and family and generational uh, things that have said, you'll never do this. You'll never have hope. You'll never live peace. No, no, come to the table. You're welcome to the table. Just get up to the place you belong. Come sit at the table, your family. Now you can imagine the bell rings. In comes running the family. Whoa, there's a new family member there. Everyone's like, oh, this is something new. They all sit down. No one treats them any different. Because don't you love that when you're seated at the table and His grace, His grace doesn't reveal your inability. It, it, it conceals it. It covers your inability. See, sitting here, I look like any other person sitting here. No one knows I'm crippled. Nobody knows I'm lame. And now it's not about hiding, pretending you don't have, but don't you love it? The grace of God, come on, does not put on show for the world to see and say, ah, he that is broken. David didn't sit down and go, it's great to have the cripple here. Great to have the grandson of the king, part of the family. He has all the inheritance is available to him. He, Mephibosheth is at the table. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know when you're at the table, when you're taking communion today, that you find yourself highlighting your inabilities and looking again at the things you lack in. But I want to tell you, God's grace has covered that. <laughs> you're, you're one of the family. And this is the cool thing at the start. How does it start? It starts by a king who sought him out. <laughs> a king who sought him out. He goes from Lodabar, the place of barrenness. Now he's living and occupying in Jerusalem, the place of God's peace. <laughs> is that like anyone else's story? Come on, we came in and we... Didn't know God yet. He sought after us and He takes us on this journey of discovery. We open our heart to Him and I'm in a place of barrenness as an 18-year-old. But I thank God. Then the moment my heart responded to Him, peace flooded my life. Come on, at the table is a banquet and you're like, oh, wow, look at the grapes, look at the food. I love when we have communion, right? And we don't pass out little bits of bread. I love when it's a loaf because you just kind of get in there a bit sneaky. You know, you just kind of look, oh, look, I'm going in for a little bit. And then you just kind of dive deep, you know? Oh, yeah. Hello, people. Hello, hello. I've said it before. I think we did it with mother, but I'm telling you, God's not just into, mm, just have a taste. Ah, not too much, not too much. 
There's an abundant God who has more than enough to satisfy, to fill you, to overflowing. Come on, let's not, let's not think about our God as small and think about our God as a little bit. No, His banquet of His grace is filled with hope. The banquet of His, His grace is filled with joy. The banquet is filled with peace. The banquet is filled with unconditional love. The banquet that we know, come on, restores and redeems and releases people into their fullness. The banquet sets us up. Come on, His grace is here to set us up. Come on, I pray that you're just coming back to that place. A fresh rest, not the entitlement of where I've sit, but it's the wonder of where God placed me. It's the wonder of what God took me from. It's the wonder of how much His love makes a way. And we find here this amazing reality that we're wounded and forsaken, yet He calls us family. We come to that place where we say we don't belong, but God says here, this is your rightful place. This is where you belong. So I love the thought of being carried to the table. Carried to the table. He carries us to the table. We can't get there on our own. I love about Mephibosheth as he says, the, the amazing words, he goes, um, uh, he, he says that Mephibosheth, and he goes, your servant. The first response is, I'm here, I'm willing, whatever you say, I'm good. Isn't it amazing how God engages with us in our relationship with Him? He says, now you must, you must, you must. Now He he offers it out, and then it's up for us to take hold. (laughs) He puts it before us and says, come on now, if if you're going to sit here, it's up to you. It's not up to me. Now Mephibosheth could have said, nah, not for me, I'm going. I'm out. Nobody says, no, you're a servant. I'm open. I'm willing. I'm wanting. And I'm going to invite the team to come and join me and And we're going to have a moment where we sing this amazing song about being carried to the table, being carried to the place of His presence, being carried to the place where He meets the deepest of our desires, carried to the place again where we realize that on that cross, come on, our Savior Jesus came, laid down His life, that we may have life and life abundantly, that we may receive the fullness of what our true inheritance is. Our inheritance isn't what you can work Our inheritance is the kingdom of heaven. Come on, the fullness of His glory in our lives. The cross made it fully accessible and able. And I don't know how you walked in here. I don't know how lame you may feel, how broken you may see your situation. I'm telling you now, God doesn't see you like that. God doesn't identify you as someone who is lacking. He identifies you as someone who is needing of His perfect love. And His perfect love is available to every person. And I love that today as we take communion, in your own time, you're going to get, sorry, but you're going to get a little piece of bread today uh, and a little cup of juice. But when we grab that grape juice, which represents the blood that was spilled, His body that was pierced, the grace that flowed down. When we grab that body, that body that was nailed to that tree for my sins, for my inability, for my iniquities, that I could be carried to the table, that I could know the wonder of who He says that I am. I pray, God, that His presence would flood over your life, that the warmth of His love would meet the deepest desires of your heart. I pray for the most driest and barren of people's mindsets to just hear over and over and over again, you are the King's Son. (laughs) Or if you're an amazing woman here, that you are a daughter of the Most High God. I'm praying that floods your life. But the truth is, is that there's no doubt a number of people here, and you've never yet opened your heart to the possibility of a God who loves you never opened your life to the reality of a God who saves. I want to tell you that the beauty of the message of Jesus is it's not restricted to a limited few. It's available to anyone and everyone. 
And if you're here this morning and you say, Craig, I don't know this relationship, or maybe I once did. Grew up in quite a faith-filled family, but the truth is my decisions or things that have happened to me have stared me away. I once made a decision and I was so in, but then all of a sudden I found the habits of old and the mindsets, I was back where I used to be. I thank God that He doesn't just offer it once. I tell you, as many times as we need to be reminded, as many times as we need to recommit, as many times as we need to keep putting ourselves back in the place of grace, I want to tell you today it's available to you as you respond out of your heart. And I would love to pray a prayer that would invite and enable anyone here to know Jesus for themselves, to have grace meet you. And then we're going to have communion together. We're going to have a time of just letting the the wonder of God's love just penetrate our heart. But if you're here and you're yet to know Jesus, you're here and you haven't responded to Him to allow Him into your life, I want to tell you, I'm going to pray a prayer in just a minute's time. And if you need to respond, if you need to invite Jesus into your heart, you need to start a relationship with God, you need to allow Him to wash away the old and give you a brand new start, then I want to tell you this morning, in just a moment, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Come on, and we're going to celebrate the greatest decision of all. The place where life connects with God. You don't need to go fix yourself and come back. No, you just got to respond out of your heart. So all across this place, I want to ask us to simply close our eyes. And if you're here and you need to invite Jesus into your heart, whether for the first time or today, you know God's knocking on the door of your heart saying, come on, come back to me. It's time to get right. It's time to allow my forgiveness to flow. It's time to allow my love to be poured out again. Don't live in that place of head understanding, but no relational connection. Come back to the greatest relationship of all. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, but you love for me to pray with you, then I'm going to ask you in the count of three, simply lift your hand wherever you're seated. I'm not going to get you up the front. I'm not going to make you do anything else, but I do want you to respond out of your heart by simply raising your hand. And then we're going to pray and we're going to worship and we're going to have communion. You'll have your first meal, the most significant meal of all, which remembers the greatest sacrifice of all. Come on, all over this place. If that's you, you need to respond. On the count of three, just lift your hand. One, he loves you. Time to respond. Get your heart right. Two, don't hesitate. People already lifting their hand. That's awesome. Three, Would you lift your hand and say, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me. So good, mate. It's so awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Put those hands down. Others here to say, yeah, Craig, include me in this prayer as well, that I'd have my life in God's hands, that I would know again the freshness of being a son of the King, a daughter of the Most High God. Thank you, Jesus, for these amazing responses. Thank you. Thank you so much for responding as well. I see you, but more importantly, God's with you. Come on, church, let's all pray together. I love us all to say this with all of our hearts. Say, dear Jesus, today I invite you into my heart to make you Lord of my life. I ask that your forgiveness, your grace, your love would wash over me. Make me whole. Make me brand new. I'm sorry for my past. Take it. Renew me. In Jesus' name, I am yours. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we honour, can we thank God for these amazing decisions? So great. We're going to have a time where we just encounter this amazing love. I'm believing, as I said before, I'm believing God's going to pour His love out of your life. And after this song, we're going to have communion together and then you're going to take it in your own time as we continue to worship and we'll be able to stand together. But Father, I do thank You that You're the King who sought us out. You didn't just identify with our brokenness, you took it from us. You renewed us, you replaced us, you filled us with hope. We come back and we honour the cross, we honour Jesus. We honour our Saviour. We just say we love you, Lord. There is none like you. Thank you for carrying us to the table. Thank you, Lord, for renewing our lives. We give you all the glory.
hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.